It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. This is Bonus Benson. This segment is officially completely off the rails. What are you talking about? Stuff we wish never aired. I will eat chalupas all day long. Come on, man. The Guy Benson Show. Home stretch on The Guy Benson Show from London today and tomorrow. Thanks for being here. GuyBensonShow.com for the free podcast every day. Well, I mentioned it last week. And if you follow me on social media at Guy P. Benson on Twitter and Instagram, Uh, You are well aware that I'm over here in London, and I've been posting a few little videos and photographs from my journey. In fact, I posted on my Instagram story earlier today just a very cool shot of the studio that they have here at the Fox Bureau in London. It just is a beautiful studio setup, and so you can check that out if you want to, at Guy P. Benson. That's Instagram, same handle on Twitter. And something that came to my attention When would it have been? It would have been Friday night into Saturday. I posted that I was on my way to London, maybe from the flight or something. And one of my followers on social sent me a DM and said, hey, by any chance, are you going to the Coldplay concert at Wembley Stadium in London while you're there? And I thought to myself, no, I didn't know that there was a Coldplay concert. And so I just decided out of curiosity to look it up. And I Googled tickets. There was a Saturday show and a Sunday show. And I couldn't do the Saturday show, but the Sunday show, which wasn't even supposed to happen, it was supposed to be on Friday, but there was some sort of strike here. And people couldn't get to the stadium. I think the tube was closed or something. And so they moved the show because of a transit strike from Friday to Sunday. And because of that occurrence, I was able to at least be available to go on Sunday night. The issue was it was totally sold out. 90,000-seat stadium, and the remaining seats were either very bad in the secondary market, like not good seats and still quite expensive, or ludicrously expensive if you wanted to have a better vantage point. And I also didn't have anyone to go with. I know a few people in London, a couple friends, but it was kind of a last-minute ask, hey, do you want to drop a few hundred dollars potentially to go to a concert? And if they weren't already going, maybe they weren't that into Coldplay. So I was contemplating, do I want to spend all this money, and do I want to go to a concert by myself? And the outcome, the short answer is yes and yes, because I did a poll on my Twitter. Should I do it? And I heard from a lot of people who had been to Coldplay concerts through the years, both on Twitter and on Instagram. And there were certain recurring themes that I heard about just the quality and fun of the show. And... I very much had one of those YOLO moments. You only live once. And I decided, okay, I'm going to splurge. I'm going to treat myself. I'm going to go see this concert because, number one, I'd never been to Wembley. It's one of those iconic venues, right, that you have heard about sporting events and concerts there through the decades. And this is new Wembley, but still, Wembley Stadium is Wembley Stadium. And I wanted to go to Wembley. Here was an opportunity. And number two, even though I am not a Coldplay fan, I'm not even a huge fan of too many musical artists at all. I would call myself a Billy Joel fan, for example. Like, full-blown Billy Joel fan. If he's coming to town, I'll go see him play. I'll travel to see him. Right? There's very few artists or bands like that. But Coldplay has enough hits. Like, they just did the Super Bowl, didn't they? Was it this past year or the year before? And you need a certain 
critical mass of hits to be able to pull that off, and they have it, right? And I'd heard from friends in the past and then hearing from a lot of you on social media that they put on a hell of a show. So I said, fine. So I went on to StubHub UK, and because I was only looking for a single ticket, I was able to find not a good deal. It was still outrageously expensive, but a relatively good deal for a seat that was in the very first row of the second deck just off of stage left. So the vantage point was terrific. And it was part of the club seating area, so it was kind of nicer getting in there and the restrooms and the concessions and all of that. And so for what I ended up paying, which was not that much more than if I'd been near the very top of the upper deck, as far removed from the stage as you could get, that was not too bad. And then I was just sort of wondering, is this going to be an awkward experience being at a concert by myself, watching a band that I don't love, but I kind of like? That was the mentality going in. And what I can just tell you is, as a form of pure entertainment, the show is extraordinary. What Coldplay does. It is a visually stunning spectacle. They gave us all these wristbands that light up different colors, but it just looks like a little piece of plastic that you're wearing on your wrist. And I don't know what the chip technology is, but it's amazing where they can create all these light effects across the entire stadium of 90,000 people with strobe effects and different colors lighting up at different times. And sometimes just by deck of the stadium, it would be sort of different colors or a different pattern. And so your eyes were just constantly looking everywhere. And it was this immersive sort of experience. And then they've got this over-the-top stage as well. They had pyrotechnics. They had fireworks. They had another secondary stage right in the middle of the whole kind of mosh pit crowd that lit up all these crazy colors. And just from that perspective alone, even if you're totally agnostic on their music, it is an experience. The other thing that I'll say about it is Chris Martin, who's their front man and their lead singer, he just has this infectious positivity on stage. He just seemed genuinely happy to be there and thrilled. He's played how many huge stadiums through his career, but here he is in his home country, in his home city, with people belting out the words. And he, maybe he's a very good actor, but he at least seemed to be genuinely moved at times. And it was just an uplifting experience, like this relentlessly uplifting thing. It was a joyful thing to watch. That's the only way I can describe it. And I say that, I understand, and I did hear from some of you saying, oh, no, they're left-wing, and they dedicated one of their shows to Louis Farrakhan in Chicago. Obviously, I don't like that. And Chris Martin endorsed defund the police back in 2020. I don't like that. Also, I don't make my entertainment consumption decisions based on the politics of entertainers, because if I did... I would consume almost nothing, right? So you kind of have to get over some of that stuff and just appreciate things for what they are. And so I just sat in this seat and let the experience wash over me. And there were times where I just felt almost like a lump in my throat of nostalgia and sentimentality and happiness. Some of their songs are... are good and moving, especially in a setting like that with so many people. And there are people 
on either side of me who are huge Coldplay fans singing every word and they were having like this existential experience. So it was just, it was very, very cool. And I captured quite a lot of it on my phone and I posted some of it on my Instagram story, which should still be active for a while if you want to go follow me or watch it at Guy P. Benson. Some of the big hits. And they do have a lot of hits. Like, granted, there were a few songs that I'd forgotten. I'm like, oh yeah, this is also one of theirs. The song that I was most excited to hear because I've heard at previous concerts, it's just sort of like a song that they really blow out, was Sky Full of Stars. And there's a buildup to not the chorus, but this beat drop and then this musical interlude that's just so fun and upbeat. And in my head, I was like, okay, they're going to build up to the beat drop, and then this stadium is going to go bonkers. Like, it is going to be so loud, the dancing, the singing, God knows what they're going to do with all these wristbands, the lighting is going to look phenomenal. So I had my phone out, ready to go, and just if you're not a Coldplay fan or you aren't familiar with their music, here's the moment in the song that this was leading up to. So here's how it sounds on the studio album version, just for reference, cut 20. So imagine that musical part just sort of thumping in a huge stadium filled with 90,000 people partying and dancing and everything. So I was so excited for that moment. So my phone, I, I had a great shot all ready to go. And then he sort of head faked the whole crowd. He did something I had never seen at a concert. Chris Martin is singing the song. He's running from one stage to the next through the middle of the crowd, building up to the moment. And then... Here's what happened in Cut 21. So there's some confused reactions there from the crowd, some laughter. You could also hear almost like the swell and the crescendo of anticipation. Everyone was waiting for this moment. You could just feel viscerally inside the stadium that people were going to go nuts. And then he stopped the song. He just stopped singing. He said, hold on, wait a second, wait a second. The music stopped. All the lights went out. The show was paused right at that moment. It's like, what are they doing? So he went up and he wiped some sweat off of his face. He got a swig of water from a water bottle. He chatted with his fellow band members, there's four of them. The bassist, by the way, is named Guy. Fantastic. Anyway, they were having a chat. We couldn't hear them. And then he announced to the crowd that they had had a band meeting. Obviously, this was planned, but we just didn't know it was coming. They had had a band meeting, he said, and they decided that they wanted to perform the song from the start again, but he wanted to ask a favor of the crowd, which was for all of us to put our phones away. He said, I want everyone here to live in the moment. You can find YouTube videos galore of this song being performed at stadiums all around the world. He said, you can find that online any day of the week. He said, what you can't always do is live in the moment. So he asked everyone to put their phones away for the remainder of this song. They were going to start it again. He said, 
let's not post this on social media. Let's not be looking at a tiny screen. Let's be looking all around us. And he said, and when the moment comes, and of course we all knew we were all waiting for it, he said, when that moment comes, he said, I want you to just let loose. He said, I want you to jump. I want there to be a slight Richter scale event. I want this to be slightly seismic. He said, we were able to pull it off once in Germany. He said, I think we can do it again here. He said, even if you're an uptight person, just let it go, put your phone away, and enjoy this song. So dutifully, basically everyone did. I really wanted to film it, but I said, nope, that's fine. And it was actually kind of refreshing to have someone say, it doesn't have to be on your phone. Just live for a second. So they started the song over again, and it got to the big moment, the beat drop and the crescendo, and when that musical part of the song started pumping, the building shook. It felt like an earthquake. People were just jumping and singing and cheering, and no one had their phones out. And it was visually stunning. It was sensory overload in every way. And it almost felt like you were elsewhere. It was an, not out-of-body experience, but close. And it was very powerful and really cool. So I wish I did have a recording of it just because it was that impactful. But I think part of what's special about it is it's just in my mind. And I can only use words to describe it. So I would recommend seeing Coldplay in concert. Again, it's not like I'm now a devoted fan because I went to the show. The music's good. It's catchy. There's a couple hits that I particularly enjoy. But just as a piece of fun and entertainment, the sound, the feel, the look, all of it, I've never experienced something quite like that. And the energy was terrific. So if you get the chance, go see them at some point. And hopefully they'll be touring uh, for a long time because they're pretty young guys still. I think they're in their 40s. And yeah, that's my that's my story of a last-minute decision that ultimately I was questioning all the way up to the moment of the concert starting. So I'm like, I'm a few hundred dollars poorer now. I'm sitting by myself amid strangers. Is this going to be kind of silly? And then by the end, I said, nope, that was the right decision. Worth every penny. Very cool. Almost done. Christine, I know you had a lot of questions. We don't have a lot of time. Can you sneak one in? I think you answered probably any question I had. My my one question was going to be, had you ever gone to a concert alone before? No. And yeah, I've never done that either. But I guess if you're traveling and you're you're on your own, I mean, what a cool experience. I feel like I wouldn't have done that. And now you kind of inspired me. Have I sold you on Coldplay? Would you go see them? 1,000%. Your videos alone just looked unbelievable so yes i would i would really want to just for the experience okay yeah I, I recommend it and they'll be back i think they just played metlife the meadowlands recently so you might have to wait for the next cycle around but do it and they're they're always looking for new ways to make the concert experience apparently unrivaled uh setting aside the music again the music's fine it's just the experience and i'm glad i did it i love the city of london i love British people generally, it's just I, I feel like it's a second home for me. And seeing a British band in Wembley Stadium and, and put on the spectacle that they did, just cool. I had a few goosebumps in the stadium and then just recounting the story, honestly. I got them again. So I think that's the sign of a pretty cool time. 
Back here tomorrow from the London Bureau of Fox News. For more of The Guy Benson Show, same time as always, 3 to 6 Eastern. So what is that? 8 to 11 here? I think that's right. The time change is still messing with me a little bit. But we'll be back here at our normally scheduled time on The Guy Benson Show. Thank you for listening. Have a great night. Homestretch on this Tuesday from London. It's The Guy Benson Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Every single day, the podcast is free of charge. GuyBensonShow.com, FoxNewsPodcast.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm starting on my vacation tomorrow. I'll be out for a week. We'll get into some of that in a moment. But first, we have to talk about this. I had a few people send me the video of a man at Yankee Stadium last night. He was there in the Bronx for the Yankees and the Mets. First time the Yankees have really shown a pulse in a while, it seems, and they beat the Mets. We'll see how they do tonight. But this guy was sitting in the stands, and he was enjoying himself a hot dog and a beer. That might not sound unusual at all. In fact, it's very typical at a baseball game. It's a great combination. And we have talked about hot dogs on this show a lot, the various toppings, condiments, accoutrement that people prefer and not prefer. Well, this was a very untraditional unorthodox way of using the hot dog while consuming the beer. So picture, if you haven't seen it already, a plastic glass of beer, a cup filled almost to the top with whatever, you know, some bud product or something. I'm not sure what they sell at the stadium. So picture a plastic cup filled with beer. And then this gentleman decided to use his hot dog as a straw. So he hollowed out the middle of the hot dog lengthwise. So there was a hole going all the way through like a straw, and then he dunked the cooked hot dog into the beer and consumed the beer that way. And someone a few rows behind him had all of this on tape. They were filming him on their phone as this all played out. And so that went on social media. It went everywhere. And, of course, people have strong feelings. I saw some people calling for him to be imprisoned. This should not be allowed. Other people saying we endorse the hot dog straw. And let me just, on this very crucial issue, put in my two cents. Number one, the hot dog beer combination is a staple of American life, especially at a Major League Baseball game. I have no objection, obviously, to that. I object strongly to manipulating a hot dog the way that would be necessary to do to make this work, especially in public in a setting like that. It would be weird enough if you did it in the privacy of your home where you can sort of handle this food product, which is already sort of a sketchy food product, let's be honest. It's delicious. I like it. I have no problem with hot dogs, but I don't want to know very much about them. I don't really want to know what's in them. You just kind of don't think too hard and enjoy So if you're going to be doing a lot of manipulation of this meat-type material, doing that in full view of total strangers, I think, is maybe gross to begin with. And then just sucking the beer through the hot dog meat is gross. I don't know what else to say. And so that's what he did. All that being said, I don't have that hardcore of a take on it because let the man live. It's a free country. He wasn't breaking the law. He was doing something very bizarre and perhaps unnatural and something that you don't want to see. It's sort of like an unsightly spectacle. 
but there are many worse things out there, and I think we can generally cut people slack. He had no idea he was being filmed, although you're kind of inviting it. If that's what you're doing at a baseball game with hundreds of people all around you, someone's going to whip out the phone. So I'm a no on what he did, but I'm also a no on piling on the guy. Just like he can have his strange peccadilloes and live his life and leave him alone. And he was a Yankee fan, not a Met fan. So he went home a winner regardless. And now he's the newest star of the internet. Christine, I wonder what you make of this. I I kind of suspect you are not a fan, but I don't know. This, this is at least a borderline case because sometimes you surprise me on stuff like this. You know, this is where I draw the line. I may pour pickle juice on potato chips. And I may, I may have some taste that you think is tacky. But this is something where I think you and I can uh, agree on. You don't drink beer through a hot dog little hole. No. Let me ask you this, though. If you were at any sort of event, whether it was a game or a party or just in your own house, and you had a choice, and this is obviously not the case with this man. He is making a proactive decision to do this. He wants to do this, but I'm tweaking it for you. Okay. If the choice was you drink your booze through a hot dog straw or you cannot consume the booze, do you just make your peace with the hot dog straw? Grill him up so I can make those holes. <laughs> okay. Dan, Yankee fan, did you see this video before I texted it to the group? I did. It was all over Twitter uh, last night, and I thought it was pretty interesting. I admire the ingenuity of it. It's kind of like a DIY, would you do that kind of thing. (laughs) Um, But gross, just absolutely gross. I've also seen someone dunk a hot dog in a bun in soda at a ballpark, and that's also gross. In a soda? Yeah, in a soda. No. No. What is wrong with people? Honestly, just... That is not okay. And just a soggy bun? Absolutely not. All right, we will move on from that. As I mentioned, tomorrow I am heading on vacation. I'll be in two different countries. I'm here in the U.K. now. I fly out tomorrow morning. We talked earlier in the hour with Kat Timph about the back end of the trip, and I'm just really crossing my fingers on all the flight arrangements because it's been a nightmare summer in the U.S., in air travel, and apparently it's been in many ways just as bad over here. So knock on wood, fingers and toes crossed, all of that. But I should, with Adam, be for a number of days in Greece with Kennedy and that whole crew for her big 5-0. Really excited for that. But before then, the whole reason I'm over on this side of the Atlantic to begin with is for a football game, an American football game, being played on Saturday in Dublin, Ireland. My Northwestern Wildcats taking on the Cornhuskers of Nebraska in a technical home game for Northwestern, even though it is many miles away from Chicago. And I have no idea how many fans are supposed to be there of either school. Nebraska has a much bigger fan base than we do, so they'll probably outnumber us, although we have a pretty good-sized fan base, certainly on the East Coast and also in Europe. So I would imagine there'll be a few thousand Fans in purple, maybe a few more thousand fans in red, and then just, I guess, some Irish folks who might be curious, come out to the game at this rugby stadium in the capital city of Ireland, and I'm hoping that they will side with Northwestern because our head coach is named Patrick Fitzgerald. 
So a very Irish name. And so maybe the locals will just by default root for us. And he's done some interviews over in Ireland. And I think there have been a few profiles of him in local media. So maybe people will have gotten the memo and root for us. We are two touchdown underdogs, just under two touchdown underdogs. I was in Nebraska last year for the NU versus UNL game. And the Huskers just blew the doors off of us. We were awful last year, but so was Nebraska. We were their only Big Ten conference win last year, but it was by, it felt like by 50 to 100 points. It wasn't quite that bad, but it felt that bad. It was awful. I left in the third quarter, which I never do. And so let's just say I am not overly optimistic about this game. I'm always hopeful. The defense and the offense were putrid last season, so maybe they've made some strides. Maybe they'll come out with a better game plan. Maybe they'll exact their revenge. I just don't really want to set expectations somewhere that is unrealistic given last year's season outcome, three wins, nine losses. And so I'm just going to leave it at that. I'll be in purple, of course, rooting on the Wildcats to beat Nebraska. And it'll be cool. Like it's, it was a no brainer for me to go to this game because two of my greatest passions in life are Northwestern sports and international travel. And here was an opportunity to do both. And I'd never really spent much time in Ireland. In fact, I was debating whether or not I'd really ever been there because I've been in the airport in Shannon, Ireland. Regular listeners of the show might remember I traveled to Russia before the pandemic. I traveled to Russia with Secretary Mike Pompeo as part of his press delegation on his trip to Sochi. He stopped a few other places as well. And because he was flying one of the Air Force Two style 737s, it couldn't make it all the way from Sochi back to the U.S. So we had to stop in Shannon, Ireland overnight for maybe an hour or two, refuel, and then go the rest of the way to Joint Base Andrews and the trip terminated there. But we were able to get off the plane. They opened up a little bar for us at the airport. I did have some beer, including at least a little bit of Guinness. I'm not a huge Guinness fan. So in that sense, I have been on Irish soil. I did like kind of half an Irish thing, but overall I'm not counting that as really a trip to Ireland. This will be different. So a couple days in Dublin, we're going to do one night out on the coast, which apparently is beautiful. We're renting a car with friends and driving west. So I've heard it's just a beautiful place with very friendly people, and then it culminates with the game on Saturday. And then Sunday, it's off for Kennedy's celebration in the Mediterranean. So it's just a very exciting, very busy week ahead for me. Lots of travel. So it's going to be kind of exhausting. Like It'll be fun, I think, but not relaxing. But that's okay. It's the choice that I've made. And, you know, it all would be made a lot better, would feel better if Northwestern somehow pulled a big upset. We'll see. Here I am getting too hopeful. Nope. Rain it in. We're going to rain it in. Christine... Do you have any questions, particularly about the Irish leg of the journey? Ah, we laddie. I hope the Irish eyes will be smiling down on you on Saturday. (laughs) Okay. Thank you for that. Do you have any questions? And and please feel free to use your normal voice. Will you be having some lucky charms when you're over there? I don't even think that's a thing over there. I think that's a thing back home. What about some whiskey? Uh, I will be having, I would imagine, whiskey and beer. 
I think is what I will mostly be imbibing on the alcoholic side of things, yes. Will you be searching for a pot of gold if you see that rainbow? I will not. I think that I have a pretty packed schedule and, you know, chasing leprechauns, not on the list. I really, Dan can't stop laughing over here. I thought that was pretty good, actually, compared to a lot it of others. It is not your worst. It no. is definitely not your worst. And I didn't turn it into a pirate, which I usually do. I was waiting for the pirate to emerge. I was waiting for the Jamaican sort of little <laughs> influence to arrive, but you, you mostly kept it on the track. Yes. Well, I hope you have a wonderful time. We are going to miss you here very much, but um, you... The show will be in good hands. I'm going to be taking over for the whole week. <laughs> oh, boy. So I, I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to be studying up on everything I need to know. Uh, War Wyatt's going to give me the basics on Ukraine. Uh, no. <laughs> we will be having some fabulous guest hosts taking the reins, and I'll, I'll be guiding them. So good luck to them. By the way, I should have mentioned this when I was talking about the football game. And I got to do some cross promotion here. The game itself, Northwestern Nebraska on Saturday from Dublin, is broadcast live on Fox. Big Fox, check your local listings and root for the purple. All right, Christine. Well, uh, and team, good luck. Godspeed in my absence. And we will do our best to make it back safely and soundly to the U.S. next week. In the meantime, that's it from London here for the week. Thank you all so much for listening. Oh, Donnie boy, I think Guy Benson just Irish goodbye me. I think you're right. All righty then. Well, I'm Cookie, and I'm wishing you all the luck of the Irish. All right, welcome back to the Guy Benson Show Happy Hour. It is our home stretch, and you know... It's August. Today is August 25th. It's a Thursday afternoon, and I can tell you one thing, and that is this. It is way too soon for pumpkin. Pumpkin anything. I don't care what it is. Pumpkin anything. I don't want to see a pumpkin until at least after Labor Day. And I went to the store the other day, and I'm tired of the fact that I'm already seeing Halloween decorations. What's going on here? Oh, and Cracker Barrel's unveiling their new menu, and it actually looks pretty good, I have to tell you. I mean, some of the stuff on here looks delicious. That's because they don't have anything pumpkin involved. That's the reason why it looks delicious. Now, I know Christine's going to disagree with me on this because I'm told, and maybe Dan and Wyatt can back me up on this, that she's a pumpkin freak. Is that is that a fair way to put it? A pumpkin freak? I mean... I, I wouldn't say freak, but I would say a, a lover of pumpkin spice everything. And I'm not really sure where the anger is coming from, Rich. Well, my anger is directed at the following. Nobody should be doing pumpkin anything until at least after Labor Day. That's my anger right there. Now I've got it out. I feel better. Well, uh, but who are you the decider of no, the, when I, pumpkins no. arrive? I, I know for a fact on this show right now, it's a three-to-one majority saying that we should not have pumpkin. Wyatt, Dan, back me up here. Am I right? Absolutely. Oh, I completely God. agree. I mean, after Labor Day, it is. My, my girlfriend just ordered uh, Halloween things. I'm like, it's way too early. She's like, when can I put them up? I'm like, I don't know, mid-September, early October? I don't know. Yeah. How about October 1st? How about a national law that says that? No, 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 no. So I've talked about this with Guy Benson, and he's probably agrees with you. But um, I believe a holiday, you know, your decor, uh, I will probably put all my fall decor up starting the Tuesday after Labor Day. All your and fall the decor. Day, 
<laughs> Sorry, I was making fun of your New Jersey yes. accent. Oh. <laughs> You're from Jersey, too, you know. Um, but then <laughs> the day after Halloween starts Christmas. Like, I would really, I could even probably put up my tree if my husband let me on November 1st. But I, so I believe, like, right after your holiday is over, then you go on to the next holiday. So you can enjoy, you know, time with your, as I guess I call it, decor. Um, But talking about pumpkin spice is something totally different. It's the flavor that I actually love, and I don't understand. Like, there are some people out there that are like big haters. And for some reason, anything with pumpkin spice is a problem. Uh, this year, I've, I've tried it all. This year, I'm wondering if I can get picked for it. But there is a company that's willing to pay you up to $1,000 to try everything pumpkin from Trader Joe's. And $1,000? Yeah. Wow. It, you be, you're going to be called a pumpkin expert, and you have to taste test their whole fall menu. So I would like to already put my name in the hat for that. Um, I would like to talk to you also about the fact, because you have young children. Have you ever taken them to Build-A-Bear? Uh, no, we've not gone to Build-A-Bear, but what does that have to do with pumpkins? So they just released a scented pumpkin spice bear for the Ew. fall. So, Ew. What do you mean? I'd no, rather no, smell no. like bear droppings than pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think this is this is so cute. I'm wonder Megan's turning 10 in April. I'm wondering if I can get her. I think she'll still do this with me and I'm ready to go get I, I think I might even bring it into work. I think we're gonna do this maybe over the weekend. And the big one, the huge one, the one yes. that everybody is waiting for is the PSL. Do you know what that is? I do not. The pumpkin spice latte. Okay. All right. Now, first of all, I know for a fact it's already out because you tried to get one today, didn't you? So I did try to get one. I thought it was out too. I stand corrected. I was wrong. And what happened was I was taking a walk this morning. So I put my credit card in my uh, workout pants and I was taking a really long walk. So probably like an hour, hour and 15 minutes. And at the end of the walk was going to, I was going to walk to Starbucks and get a pumpkin spice latte. I got to Starbucks and I realized my credit card wasn't in my um, pocket anymore. I had you lost see? it. So I wonder if it was a sign from, you know, above saying, no, they're not ready for you yet, cookie. Uh, they will be out with PSLs. <laughs> they're not ready for <laughs> you yet, cookie, that. because even they know it's too early for, for pumpkin lattes. So uh, it will be out August 30th. And Wyatt, um, Wyatt, talk to me here, man. Talk you, you represent a voice of a new generation. Pumpkin spice, please back me up here. Yeah, Rich, I'm definitely on your side on this. I think that it's way too early. I also don't even like pumpkin, like anything, pumpkin pie, pumpkin. I'm not a pumpkin fan as it is, but it is just way too early to be talking about anything pumpkin spice, you know, in August. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And can we all agree that we should respect the holiday zone, meaning that we're still in summer, we should be respecting summer, and uh, we should not be mingling Halloween with beach chairs. Absolutely. If I could still go to the beach right now, I should not have to worry about what I'm going to wear to a Halloween party if I have to go to one. Thank you. Thank you. That's the test. Christine, that's the test right there. I already have my costume for Halloween. So You probably already have your Christmas tree up. Who are you kidding? 
Uh, I Well, the problem is all of my Christmas decor is at my mother's because, remember, we sold our house back in April, so now we're in an apartment, so we couldn't fit it all here. But I'm trying to figure out when I can go and get all of that and where I would put it and if my husband will let me put up the tree. You know, I had an idea, and let me run this by you, okay? Let me paint you a okay. little picture. Okay, go ahead. What about if we leave our Christmas tree up all year round and then like I decorate it for each holiday. You decorate what Wouldn't for each that holiday? Be adorable. Like I decorate the tree. Like I put like fall bows and like, you know, like ornaments, like pumpkin ornaments, you know, for the fall and then like turkey stuff and then like a Valentine's like, but keep the tree up year round. Wouldn't Does anybody think this is a cool? good idea? Because I think this is a terrible idea and probably a fire hazard. I, I'm just saying, like, I'm putting it out there. I don't see people doing this, but I think I'm going to. I, okay. I, I think I might try it if, if my husband will let me. But I'm done. I'm never going to convince any of you, but I'm just letting you know one thing. I'm going to the beach tomorrow. Sorry, taking off again. And I will be finding somewhere that has some sort of pumpkin spice latte coffee for me. And I will take a picture as I'm sitting on the beach with it. Okay. The end. Uh, the end. All right, fine. And you know what? You know what sharks love? Pumpkins. And so I think you might be making yourself vulnerable. I'm just throwing Dude, it out there. Don't say that. Well, it's what true, is, Christine, like, and we're all trying to save your life. Are we not, boys? Come on. Exactly. Thank you. I don't want, I don't want to get bit by a shark, so don't say, don't jinx it, okay? There's a lot of shark attacks and a lot of shark sightings in Jersey and Long Island this summer, so please don't jinx that. Now you got me worried. Thanks, would you Would you eat this, though, a Cracker Barrel? They have a peach-infused peach mimosa and Jack Daniels country cocktail southern peach. See, that sounds great, and in season to me, I like it. I mean, you just had to say mimosa to me, and I was in, so <laughs> sure. <laughs> I said the sweet words to you, and you loved it. <laughs> you didn't have to even bring up any of the rest, sure. Now, Rich, I now, Rich, I got a question for you. Will you go with pumpkin beer, pumpkin-flavored beer at all? Mm, Dan, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because you are a beer connoisseur. And I talked to Christine yesterday about the next time I'm in studio with you guys, I'm definitely bringing wine. I meant to bring it today, and I forgot. So I'm going to bring some of my homemade wine because I think I can turn you. But since you are a beer guy, I think you know where I'm going with this. Pumpkin does not belong in a beer. Absolutely agree. I, I don't like it. I try. I mean, I've tried it, tried it, tried it, different brands and all that. I don't like it at all across the board. The best is when Bill Burr hosted Saturday Night Live a while ago, and he was doing a the Sam Adams Jacko Pumpkin Ale tasting. <laughs> yeah. And did you see that skit? <laughs> yeah, I did. And he just spits it out and goes, "What the blank is this?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I'm more of a you know a Miller Lite guy, or you know, I'll do an IPA here and there, but I do like my wine, so I'll try your wine for sure. Here's how you know that what pumpkin about? beer is, is a joke, a fugazi, as my people say, because you're never going to go to an Eagles game and see people in the stands drinking pumpkin beer. That's how you know it's fake. Yeah, absolutely. I'm pretty sure that's how you get, like, you know, hit in the face or something like that. <laughs> Wait a second. Oh, my God. But what if, what, Rich, just hear me yeah. out. What if you're hosting a fall fest party like I do? Mm -hmm. Then you, you could have pumpkin um, beer there. No, no, you can't because it's not real beer. And let me, you probably like pumpkin wine, don't you? That's the new thing. Well, I was just wondering, is that like a thing? And if so, I'm definitely oh. going to try. What about what Sa about we sadly, take it's your a thing. homemade? What if we take your homemade wine and make like a pumpkin sangria out of it? Yeah, we're not doing that. Pumpkin uh, spice mold wine. We're not doing that. Uh, what a mess. What a mess. And by the way, just think about it. If you have pumpkin candles in your house, get out.
I mean, of course. <laughs> it's not even a question. It's like asking me if I drink wine. Yeah, I, I see you didn't ask me about that. No, because um, I know the answer to this already. <laughs> of course, I have pumpkin candles. I, 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 like I said, this is over. I think I obviously won the debate. <laughs> and um, I will send you a picture tomorrow on the beach with pumpkin everything. Well, here on this happy hour, I'll wish you a happy hour. Uh, enjoy your beverage tomorrow, this weekend, as long as it's pumpkin nothing. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm glad to, to, to know that long drink doesn't make a pumpkin flavor. I just checked. So we're, guys, okay. <gasps> I just checked. Yeah. And don't give them, them any idea, it. all right? Don't give them any idea. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for letting me fill that. in. It's been a blast. I've enjoyed the last couple of days. That's for sure. And uh, can't wait till I'm back with you guys again here on the Guy Benson Show. In the meantime, you can find me on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Christine, Dan, Wyatt, thanks, guys. It's been a blast. Uh, teaching Christine about catalytic converters today was also just a, a real hoot. I know it didn't make the air, but just know that this. Christine now knows what a catalytic converter is as she enjoys her pumpkin wine. Have a great rest of your day and enjoy the weekend. And we'll talk to you soon here on the Guy Benson Show. That was this week's edition of Bonus Benson. For more Guy Benson Show, go to GuyBensonShow.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on FoxNewsPodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.